Good afternoon, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters. Today I am interviewing Eric Bishop and he is here to share his story of overcoming addiction and some of the challenges in his life that he has um, worked on and just worked through to get to a place that he's at now, which is a hopefully much happier and peaceful place. Uh, thank you, Eric, for joining me today and I'm really excited to hear about your story. Thank you, Angela. Thanks for having me. So tell me um, more, tell our our listeners you've gone through in your past and kind of how you got to the, the point of being an addict and you had said you were extremely overweight and those types of things. Did everything kind of connect together or was this all separate issues that just overwhelmed your life? Uh, I think it kind of all rolled into one eventually, but it was a building up factor. Um, I shared with you before, I, w I was 375 pounds at my heaviest, and I was a what I call a full-blown alcoholic and crack addict, mm -hmm. very active. And, um, you know, I, I look back on it and look at my history of, of kind of the way it happened, and, you know, I look at, at my food issues and my alcoholism and my, my, my drug addiction, kind of all in the same thing, you know. It's, it ends up being, uh, what was it that kind of led me to that? What was I using those things for? to to, uh, to fill what void and, and, and how and uh, you know over time I look at I look at uh, you know growing up with my parents and they got an early divorce I was about four years old when they got divorced and uh, it was a kind of a very rough marriage that I can remember as a kid and and just so many things that surrounded that marriage that that kind of set me up in my life to I can't say the whole thing was bad, but there were just so many things that went on through it that set me up into my addictions and, and, and finding those things to be the, my escapes. When my mom and dad were together, it was kind of, it was, it was definitely rough, like I said. Mm -hmm. And um, when they were on their way out of separating, I remember vividly of certain things going on, some abuse going on, uh, physical. One of the things I remember as far as my food goes is, is uh, my father coming home and, and, um, being upset with my brother and I because we hadn't eaten our dinner mm -hmm. and uh, we ended up getting our, our, our reprimand for that physically and then I, we hear, well, I remember hearing my mom get hers after that too so mm -hmm. you know when I, when I think about that I think about my food issues and I think about you know that's meant that you know I need to clean my plate mm -hmm. you know when I think about when I got older I just think about okay well this is what I'm supposed to do I'm supposed to eat my food and um that's the earliest recollection I can have with my issues with food. Right. Did your parents have any addictions? Is that part of your story also? Oh, yeah. My, my dad's an alcoholic. I remember seeing him drink quite a bit as I was growing up, and uh, he actually gave me my first beer. Mm -hmm. I remember that, seeing that. And, um, and and also being a food addict, having issues with food and weight. and The whole family had that. You know, not the, not the alcoholism, but the food addiction just problems with food throughout right um, okay yeah my mom and, and my mom was was i can't say she was a, um an addict she was more of a um a, a depressive type right you know where she was never really emotionally available you know for the most part mm -hmm. um and and I, and I think i missed that as a kid having someone you know a female in my life that was emotionally available right um yeah, it was, it was kind of made it tough as I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And so those things kind of spiraled into, as an adult, you became addicted and overweight and just things just became worse and worse. Is that 
you know, through as I went through high school and everything, I kind of I, I drank at drank at parties, and I remember my first drink. I was thirteen. I had skipped school and went went with some friends to get drunk, and I remember having that feeling of, hey, I really like this. Mm-hmm. And and it kind of it kind of spiraled out from there, and and went on through high school for quite a while. I did find some drugs throughout that also, um, smoking marijuana and doing some other things that, you know, kind of whatever was there that everybody else was doing, you know, just to fit in, because I never really felt like I fit in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with doing those things with the cool kids, so I thought I, I did fit in for, for what, it, what it was worth. Right. But the weight gain started coming on as I made it through high school. I, uh, I actually stayed fairly physically fit for a while there when I was in high school. I don't know if I'd lost the baby fat or what. I was doing a lot of activities and staying busy through for some other things and, and kept the weight off. But as soon as I got a car, it was like, oh, my gosh, now I can go to the drive-thru. And, and, and that's where it really it really just kind of added up real quick on me. I graduated high school and, and was slowly putting on the weight. And I moved down to Tampa to uh, to do some work. My mom was living down here and, 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 and just kept eating a certain way. You know, I was eating, eating terribly, and I was drinking about a fifth of liquor a day every day. And, and it got pretty bad. I was put, I put on about, I think I was about 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. When I was 19, and I'm wow. only five five frame, so it was it was going on pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, with construction, it was easy because you could go to work, get off work, stop by the liquor store, and stop by and get whatever food I needed. And I was working sun up to sun down most every day, so it just kind of it fed right into that food and alcohol addiction. You know where it was like I could, this is okay, right? This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm putting money in the bank. I'm paying my bills. I'm functioning. So mm-hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. So what was the point that things changed for you? Was there something dramatic that happened that just turned everything around or that made you start to think, you know, what am I doing to myself? Kind of nail a pinpoint time where kind of it really got bad. I, I lost my grandmother uh, one month and then two months later my grandfather died and then I accidentally killed one of my pets and I picked up another addiction which was crack cocaine and, and added that to it and I think that kind of sped it up for me mm-hmm. um, it, it put me into that you know that real depressive mode of wanting to basically commit suicide I, I really wanted to die and I think that's what scared me having that thought of wanting to die and and so I thought what I would do is is, is move back down to Tampa again I'd moved to Gainesville in the process and I moved back down here again and uh, it lasted for about two more years and I was still suicidal. And one night I called my mom to come and pick me up because I had all, had it all planned. Mm-hmm. And luckily I got drunk enough to uh, pass out. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point I was like, hey, I really have to do something. And I, and I called a friend of mine and, and I said, you know, I'm really scared. Um, you know, I'm thinking of killing myself. Uh, things are really bad. I can't, I can't seem to overcome all these things in my life. And so I had her make an appointment with a, a therapist for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was an addiction therapist, and I went and sat and talked to her. Well, I cried to her for an hour. I shouldn't say talk, but I cried to her mm-hmm. for an hour. And um, and she mentioned some recovery programs to me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the recovery programs that I'm part of today are, 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 are spiritually based, and they talk about God, and I really had a problem with that. So when she explained it to me and, and the process behind it, I, it opened me up enough to hear her and to go and check these things out. Right. And um, and that was kind of the turning point for me where, you know, from that point on, I, I didn't. Food was still an issue, but the drinking and the, and the crack cocaine was, was, was starting to get worked on. I was going to re- recovery programs that have community members in them, and I had the support that I needed with that. And, and I had been sober for about four and a half years, and I had had some weight loss. I had tried some different diets and, you know, things like most people do when they're obese. You know, I was 375 pounds. 
Mm-hmm. I decided to try the high-protein, low-carb diet. Mm-hmm. And I dropped about 80 pounds and got bored with it and just was stagnant there for a while. And then I, I tried some healthier things, but just still couldn't get to that point. You know, I wanted to be that healthy person physically that I was when I was a teenager and I, you know, had been physically active. I found another recovery program that actually deals with food. And, you know, when I when I found that and then I found out, hey, I'm addicted to food the same way I'm addicted to alcohol and drugs. It was mm-hmm. just really amazing mm-hmm. to actually have that. That I don't want to say epiphany, but it was just that light bulb moment. You know, where it's like, hey, you know, there's, I have these same issues with this. And, right. Uh, I think the one night that I really noticed it was I was I was doing a service for some for a, for a meeting, and uh, all I could think about the whole time I was sitting there was about going to the drive-through uh, for fast food. Mm-hmm. And I already, I'd, I'd already had dinner at that point, and uh, it was funny because I, I could that's all I could think about. And then when I went through the drive-through. And got the food and went home and, and ate it real fast. I felt terrible. I, I just I felt you know pitiful, like mm-hmm. I was almost hungover. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, wow, this is the same problem I've had with, with alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. And, and I went and found a, another recovery program that that actually deals with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I had some things happen before that too. My my uncle, who was um, he was um, morbidly obese. He was six hundred pounds. You know, I had watched him for for six months in the hospital, mm-hmm. basically die, and, mm-hmm. and it was it was a um, it was a definitely an eye opening thing for me. I was like, you know, I, I really this is not the the path I want to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, I had the desire today to be happy mm-hmm. and joyous, and, and um, I saw the way that he he was going, and he couldn't see himself eating any other way than he was eating. Mm-hmm. And um, to watch him go through that really just it hit me. I, I believe God has a plan for me today, and it has it kind of laid out for me, and that was one of the things I had to experience, as painful as it was, to get me to where I'm at today, and I wouldn't wish it for anybody, but I think everybody has has their own path when it comes to those kind of things, and that was mine. Right, right. Um, and, and when he passed away, it took me a little bit longer to really realize how bad it was for me, mm-hmm. but um, that, that was a big thing, mm-hmm. you know, that was the biggest thing, and now having some of those things, working on some of those things, my addictions, I learned how to live a spiritual life, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of... of the biggest thing that I talk about today is that I have a higher power in my life that really works, mm-hmm. and um, I can rely on that higher power to help me with everything in my life. Mm-hmm. Higher power doesn't just think about one thing, you know, want to be concerned with one thing in my life, it's everything. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned to be able to do is to turn everything over to uh, my higher power today. You know, I'm, I'm learning to grow up to be an adult today, you know, all those things that happened to me in my childhood and, and all those things I've done in my past that I felt terrible about, I'm being taught ways to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, and to not live in them anymore. Right. That, that, that was that's hard for me sometimes, you know, because you know, you, uh, there's so many things happen. I, I was um, sober, what I call sober, clean, and abstinent in my life today. You know, I, I don't, I don't act out in all these ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little over a year ago, October 15th last year, my my brother was living with me and sharing an apartment together. And he had moved in with me because he had had his issues in life and was depressed and had tried to kill himself. I was seemingly the, the, the healthiest person in the family at the time, so he moved in with me. And, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great time between us. But he, he had issues with getting involved with women and uh, bad bad relationships, and it messed with his depression really bad and his anxiety. And he ended up committing suicide in my apartment, shot himself in the head. I'm sorry. Uh, mm. While I was at work. And... Um, you know, it was one of those things that 
we had discussed, you know, if, if he ever got to that point to let me know, you know, mm-hmm. he had tried some things before. And I could relate to it because I had been there before my addiction and I knew how it felt. You know, I knew how it felt to feel all alone and that the pain wouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. And while I was upset and um, devastated when it happened, you know, it, it's kind of some of the things cleared up. I could kind of really feel where he was at. Mm-hmm. And, and looking at some of the things that he had written and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. But to go through that is probably one of the most tragic things in my life. Mm-hmm. And you know, I refer to some of the things that happened when I was really getting bad was with my grandmother and grandfather and then my, my pet. You know, this was something that was really big. This was the biggest thing I ever dealt with. And I did not act out in drugs or alcohol or food or, or any of the other things that are easily to be a part of addiction for me. You know, I, I do... I do owe that a lot to the people that are in my life today, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just a great feeling to, you know, and, and it's not just the bad things like that, it's the good things happen in my life today. Mm-hmm. So what uh, did you do when you were faced with all that pain and the shock of his death, since you were free from all the other things, what did you do to help get you through those emotions? Well, I had, I had picked up a lot of tools. Um, I call spiritual tools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of support, friends, and, and, and members of the recovery groups that I'm a part of. You know, that was the first place I went. I remember sitting with the, the detective that was there and, and, and told them, you know, what my deal was, basically. And she said, well, you need to call, you know, whoever it is that, that is helping you the most, pretty much. And so I made that phone call and, and had a friend sitting waiting on me, and I went over there right off the bat. And, and it did have some family support you know, that was there for me. My biggest thing was to, to, to tap into those things that had been helping me so much before, you know, my the recovery, the, the people in my life. And, the, and it, it really came down to a lot of prayer and writing mm-hmm. and, and meditation. I had a lot of literature that I was reading and a lot of tapes I was listening to, and I was just keeping myself busy with those. Well, I was still feeling the emotion. That is still something till today. If, I don't know if you hear it in my voice, but I still get a little upset about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's actually, you know, the one-year anniversary was just last month of his birthday this month and mm-hmm. but I, you know I celebrate his life today because he was a you know a, a beautiful uh, human being and mm-hmm. you know just a truly just a big part of my life and a, and a blessing mm-hmm. and, uh, absolutely you know, what it what it what it's done in my life today you know part of that and part of growing up and, and handling those situations is um, I had been doing a certain job for quite a while and, and really wasn't happy and actually talked to my brother quite a bit about it and you know I just couldn't make a decision to leave it and I really didn't know what I wanted wanted to do and, and when this happened it kind of you know it it woke me up and said hey you know you need to look at what's going to make you happy today what, what are you happy doing mm-hmm. and um, in one of the books I read it was uh, it says that the two best days in a person's life is the day they're born and the day they find out why mm, and, uh, that's good yeah so I, I'm learning why I'm here you know, going through all the things I've been through, you know, not just the addiction, but the, the, the weight, losing 200 pounds, everything is, is building me up to the man I'm supposed to be today. And mm-hmm. one of the things that has been a part of my recovery is, is, is physically I have transformed my body, basically. I go and exercise three or four times a week. I physically fit as I've ever been. Mm-hmm. And I was in the store where I, had been, I was talking to a person one day and they had brought up and they brought up being a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, I don't know. And it just, I guess it just kind of blew right over my head. But it's funny how in my life today that God talks to me through people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's truly amazing. I was, uh, I was, I'd gone to work out one day and I had a, a sleeveless shirt on. This is how I tell the story. I'm not trying to build my ego up or anything, but I was standing in line at Publix checking out groceries, and, and the kid the kid bagging my groceries 
asked me if I was a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny when people, you know, when, when God talks to me through people because the light bulb went on. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you know, that's something I would really want to do because that's what I've been doing with my, you know, in my life for, for the last two years almost here in, mm-hmm. in, this, in this part of my recovery is working out, transforming myself. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, this is it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I went home and prayed about it and, and talked to a lot of people about it and decided this is what I wanted to do. And I think this is how I can reach reach people and, and, and be helpful to them. Mm-hmm. And, and so far, what, what I decided to do, of course, like everybody else, I went and Googled it. Mm-hmm. And um, I found a school that was just starting here in Tampa where I live now. and um, It's a six-month school, and, and I went to it, and I graduated. Believe it or not, I couldn't believe it. I graduated top of my class. You know, when I went in, I was like... That's awesome. I don't even, I don't even know if I can pass a test anymore. It's been so long since I've been in school and, mm-hmm. and went in and really did well. And I was just truly blessed in, in the whole experience and met a lot of excellent people that are a part of my life today. So mm-hmm. it's just amazing that the things that that are happening today in my life from mm-hmm. where I was six years ago mm-hmm. at 375 pounds. I remember sitting in my room there to death and thinking, how did I get here? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, now I look back at it and I go, hey, now I know how I got here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can see, I can look back at it and see how I got here. And, and as painful as, as a lot of it was, there was just a lot of joy in, involved with it, too. So mm-hmm. you know, my life today is, is, is kind of based around what I call service, mm-hmm. um, you know, to others. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's where I, I get a lot of, of happiness and joy is helping others. Today. Mm-hmm. And I think with, with the things I'm doing with personal training and with recovery, uh, I've definitely found why I'm here. That's awesome. Eric, what would you tell people that, you know, could be in a situation like yours that feel hopeless and feel like there's just no way they could do what you've done? I mean, you know those feelings when you're in the depth of your addiction and that pain. It does feel like there's no way out. But for you, obviously, and for others, there have been and there is. What do you say to them? Uh, What I would say to them is is, um, you're not alone. You know, I, I felt so all alone when I was when I was sitting in that room by myself. But what I found out is that I wasn't. There was a lot of other people that are that have gone through the same thing and that have come back from this. You know, I'm not definitely not the only one. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I don't claim to know the only way to do it either. There's there's many different ways to recover from these things as there are you know addictions. I'm sure the biggest thing is that I'm that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is there is a for me today, there is a higher power out there that, that will help you if you just seek. Mm-hmm. And um, what I like to call a spiritual solution to my problem. Mm-hmm. But to have, there's people out there that will help. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the biggest thing, you know, to actually ask for help. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be afraid because, you know, I know with me it was it was a lot of ego mm-hmm. and, and, and pride that held me back for a long time. But then, you know, I didn't know how to do it. So I needed to ask somebody. And mm-hmm. uh, today I'm not afraid to ask, you know, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. How, do, how, do, how, how do I handle this situation right um, and, and, and today since I've asked for help there's people in my life that have been through it and, and know how to answer those questions for me I didn't have anybody in my life to answer those questions for me I thought I had to have all the answers mm-hmm. you know, be, being a man I'm supposed to you know not one not supposed to cry not to have any emotions and not you know I'm supposed to have all the answers and I didn't mm-hmm. and, and realizing that I didn't and somebody else did was you know humbling mm-hmm but I, that saved my life. Right. Um, Do you think that some of your issues um, stem from not having self-love, 
meaning when we do these things to our body and to our lives, it's because we don't value ourselves? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I remember I shared with people all, all the time, and I remember growing up being called a twit. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt less than all the time because that was reinforced through my whole childhood and with mm-hmm. the people in my life. You know, today I, I know that that's, that those things aren't true. Mm-hmm. But I know as a kid and even as a teenager and into adulthood, I just remember thinking, one, I never fit in and that I never was worthy of anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, once I got to that point, the addictions took over and I, and I went into recovery you know, going through that whole process, you know, what I, what I have found out today is that I am worthy. Mm-hmm. I am worthy of these good things in my life. I don't have to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely a self-love issue. And I can say I love myself today. <laughs> That's awesome. Was there one point in your life that you think you realized, wait a minute, I'm not so bad after all. There's something good there. There's something valuable there to give you purpose and drive, I guess, to go through this healing process. Oh uh, yeah. I, I think it's interactions with other people, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, the relationships that I had with most people were very superficial. Mm-hmm. Didn't really talk about anything in depth. And I think today where I see it and where, where I get that, you know, I am worthy today and that I, that I am a good person is, is in, in my relationships with other people. When somebody says that they love me today, I believe them. Mm-hmm. And they tell me that I am worthy. I believe them. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, some of that's a little difficult because old habits are hard to break. Right. Um, except through through a practice and and uh, time, you know, I, I share with people that you know I know these things in my head, but sometimes in my heart, it's hard to get. Mm-hmm. And uh, today, it's it's a, it's 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 getting better. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't say that every day is perfect where I don't you know where I feel like I'm a, a great person. Most of the time, I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if those when those self defeating attitudes come in, I have to get busy on the things that I've learned to do over the last six years. Mm-hmm. And recovery is to uh, you know get to work on the things that bother me and what what are the causes and conditions of these things. And you know, I, I think well, the answer to the question though is that my relationships with people is where I see how good of a person I am. And I see that when I walk into a room, they truly are excited to see me. Right, that's great. So. Yeah, and I think that's a good point to bring up, too, is that, you know, addiction of any sort is a lifelong process of staying on top of your healing and making sure you're aware of what's going on so that you don't fall back into those same old traps. Yeah, because life is still going to go on. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't just stop happening because all of a sudden I'm, I'm not doing these things. You know, things still show up. My brother dying, mm-hmm. uh, my job changing, you know, there's there's always going to be something happening. There's going to be great things that happen. There's going to be things that happen too and, and if I'm not ready you know if I'm not working on myself and, and getting to be a better human being today then when those things do pop up then it's easy for me to, to fall back into old things they call it resting on your laurels and, and mm-hmm. I you know I, I today I do my best not to do that and like I said not every day is perfect but mm-hmm. every day is better that's awesome well, Eric, I certainly appreciate you sharing your story with me, and I'm sure that more than one person will hear it on the radio show and be encouraged and inspired by your words, and I just wish you the best of luck with everything that you're doing and that your healing just continues. wish you really a lot of blessings in all that you're trying to do to help other people with what you've learned. Thank you very much, Angela. I appreciate the opportunity. I really appreciate Eric uh, being willing to share his story and being so candid about everything that he's been through and I did look up some information if anyone out there needs some resources about addiction or suicide prevention there is Alcoholics Anonymous International website at www.aa.org 
slash L-A-N-G slash E-N slash A-A international. And there is also a Suicide Prevention International website at www.spiorg.org. And I encourage you, if you have some of these same issues going on in your life or someone you know, a family member or close friend, to just try and find the resources available to you or to them to learn about some of the things that people go through and also some of the support systems out there. I think one of the things that Eric said, which was probably a theme in all the people that I've worked with or talked with about different circumstances that were challenging, is that the most important thing is to find support systems. Uh, And so locally, there's usually support systems. Internationally, there's several different ways to find meetings for Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, etc. There's literature out there that might help you if you read something to get some more information. So I really just encourage you to look for those sources around you and try and utilize them the best that you can. I appreciate you listening today and I hope that you have been inspired and encouraged as I have by Eric's story.